0: Welcome to another episode of AlphaCast. My name is Mike Winner, and I'm here with Dr. Bear Paul Lando from Alpha Vedic and today we are going to dive deep into the science of getting rich which at first hand doesn't sound like something we would normally cover but as we go into this today we're going to find out that this is actually maybe the most you know, alpha Vedic, if you will, topic we've discussed so far because it really dives into the, the truths and realities that we always talk about with the nature of the universe, the nature of our reality, um, basically how we are creators, consciousness creators on this plane, and how we can manifest whatever we want, whatever as long as it's according to natural law, it can essentially be created by our own thoughts and. Uh, there's this book by Wallace D. Waddles that, as you can see, I've got copious notes. I've, been, I've read through it twice in the last couple days. And don't let the, uh, it's kind of funny, it's just like a really cheesy cover. I got a cheap one. This is my cheap paperback for those that are watching on video um, that I bought. I've actually got a hardback uh, that's also coming that'll be my, in my library. But this is my, my workbook one. And so I've got it riddled with notes. Every page is chock full of pragmatic information. It's really a system that this guy developed. And, um, he was, uh, from the turn of the century, actually, I believe he wrote this in the late, maybe right around 1900. And, uh, he was the author of numerous books. Uh, this is his best known books, uh, of his books. And he, um, Experienced failure after failure in his early life until after many years of study and experimentation, he formulated a set of principles that, with scientific precision, create financial and spiritual wealth. And I think that's one of the key aspects, too spiritual wealth. And we're going to get into this. This is not some cheesy, get rich quick uh, seminar we're doing today. This is not something we're selling. This is uh, much deeper. And it's going to tie into a lot of uh, the real science that we talk about a lot, which is really cool. And you know, it's, this is a tough subject because of the nature of where we are now in the 21st century, the where our culture has gotten, and our relationship to money and rich, the rich, if you will, and wealth. And as we stress a lot, we live in a world of inversion where everything's flipped upside down. And so, especially in the United States where we live, where we are supposedly in the land of the free and where people can come to prosper, which was the basic tenets and uh, philosophy of the founding fathers, and, or at least those who uh, originally brought forth the spirit of the Republic of the U.S., uh, we've strayed far away from that. And there's been a lot of bastardization of the concepts. And... This notion that we're getting into today is not capitalism. It doesn't relate to socialism. It's no isms, if you will. It's just strictly natural law. And it's something based around a very spiritual notion, if you will, about the nature of man and why we're here. And really what we're going to get into today is it's essentially um, our moral obligation to do as much as we can to fulfill our role here as creators on this planet. And in order to do that, due to the nature of the physicality of this uh, simulation, if you will, that we're in, we need money uh, or we need the means to be able to live fully, as full as we can. And yes, uh, there is the notion that um, there are those Zen monks up in monasteries sitting in a room praying all day, and fulfilling their role spiritually. But I think what we're going to get into even in more depth today is that those monks can go a lot farther. And actually, the true powerful humans on this planet are the movers and shakers out there that are increasing their wealth through the proper means, which this book goes into. And this is not what you think. This is not um, uh, getting rich by, through, well, one of the main tenets we're going to get into is this is all about attracting financial success through creative thought, through being a creative force on the planet. It's not about putting anyone down. It's not about competition. That's going to be a big thing we're going to get in today. It's not about limited supply and demand. It's not about any of the stuff capitalism talks about. This is actually a much more etheric, if you will, spiritual, deeper sense of the way the world works and how we... Um, as the creators on this plane, um, in our true nature must do this in order to help fellow man, help ourselves and really fulfill our total potential. So this is going to be a really fun and exciting, uh, talk today. Bear, do you have any initial words for this from your perspective?
1: Well, I would like to share with people how you can make $10,000 a week
0: from home. (laughs) Ha ha. Bingo. Yeah, we're going to get into that. <laughs> oh, that's not the one you were t- talking about? Oh, this is a different one. Yeah. But that's... Oh, okay, uh, sorry. That's great. Yeah, no. Um, I think a lot of people see the tagline of this and go, oh God, one of those. Um, hilarious. But um, yeah, I know you're going to have a lot of amazing things to say today about this because it really is going to tie into waveform mechanics and uh, how the simulation theory and all this works. Um, So yeah, let's just dive into it and we'll kind of go into the initial concepts and notions of, um, of the philosophy behind, uh, what Wallace Waddles is talking about. And then we can kind of get into this more of the specifics and I'll just kind of start walking people through, um, the discussion here and the, the actual science behind it. It's an actual practice. So just like, um, if you're trying to be the best athlete or uh, learn a martial art skill or be an amazing musician, it takes practice and it takes a certain um, uh, methodology and skill set and an actual uh, mental discipline. And that's what all of this is about. Uh, and also a, a spiritual discipline. And so just some philosophical background uh, behind uh, a lot of the notions of this, of this practice of the science of getting rich. Um, it really comes down to like a Hindu origin. This is a, a far Eastern, um, concept that, that there is a one substance and that one substance, whether we call it source or the ether or what he calls the formless substance. Um, it is, um, it is present universally throughout the entire universe and we'll get into what this substance is and how we control it and how we manipulate it as consciousness. Um, but it, um, it's the foundation of a lot of, of all Oriental philosophies and the great Western mystic traditions. Um, and if you want to get a little more background on one of, well, one of my favorite philosophers of all time, Descartes, big, big into it. Spinoza, Leibniz, uh, Schopenhauer, Hegel, and, uh, Hegel and Emerson are two big authors too, that are, co- that have this as their philosophical background. So, um, highly recommend reading those guys. And, One other thing I want to get out of the way right away is that I feel like in this culture, uh, especially in the modern world where we're at now, because of the bastardization of a lot of these concepts, and because of the fact that humanity isn't aware of this really, so there are those predator the predator class, if you will, have been able to dominate uh, and and essentially invert these concepts to control and create wealth in the um, the unsavory way, if you will, and it's a way that is not it's a way through competition it's a way through control and force and manipulation and the only way the only reason they're able to get away with this well Wallace Waddles has a really interesting perspective on this which we'll get into but from my personal uh, opinion is because humanity isn't aware enough how to pull the uh, financial and how to accept the financial wealth uh, and, and and essentially live in a very rich way so there is this because of the way nature works and because it's always extending towards more and more wealth and because it's always trying to essentially have increase nature is always trying to increase life more and more life. There's always going to be a plethora of it. And if you don't have individual consciousness, knowing that and pulling it there, there is plenty of room for the predators and stuff to manipulate and cap or capitalize and manipulate it. So, the, what I'm getting at is that we all have the right to be rich. Um, if we go about it the right way and the way this book and, and how we get into it today, we all it's actually our moral duty to become rich. And that sounds crazy, but once we get into it, we'll see why. Because by, by having the ability to fulfill your three aspects of your life, which is, or you could almost say four, but your body, so your, the health of your body, the health of your mind, and health of your soul. And I'll actually throw in the health of your spirit too. In order to completely fulfill those, you need money on this plane of existence. You need the ability to afford to be able to have the time. It's all about having the time. If you're constantly struggling to make your rent, to pay your bills, to put food on the table, you're not going to have the time and ability to flourish. So, in order to be, to live in our, in our complete fullest self, we need to be, ha- we need to not worry about money and not only not worry about money, but have such an excess that we can thrive so that we can develop our mind. So we have time to read the great philosophers and read the great works of art and enjoy going to plays and, and going to museums and traveling the world um, for our soul, we need to have the time to be able to help others. And that's going to be a big thing that we're going to get into is to have the money and the the wherewithal to to help others and basically to extend the idea of increase, where we're always pushing this idea that we are increasing uh, others around us and ourselves uh, in further and further going. So just like any great athlete or any successful person you can think of, I mean, think of someone like uh, a Michael Jordan. And while he was extremely competitive and probably going about it in some of the wrong ways, and you could see in his life, he had some, he's had some tragedy and some tragic, you know, some, some pretty tragic stuff happened to him and some downfall, maybe because he's not totally following the way. Uh, And that's something that Wallace Waddles talks about is, is developing your wealth through the way, which we'll get into. Um, but He's always was striving to be better and better and to be with the best all around him, whether it's his basketballs, golf, uh, the way he was developing his business, always striving to be better, never complacent. And that's really, if you look, um, at nature with evolution, with real evolution and how nature is always, is always moving forward. Uh, the universe is expanding, um, uh, nature as far as evolution is always trying to get better and so as as consciousness so we 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 need to be striving for that too in order to do that the easiest way to do that is by being rich quite frankly um so that we're not struggling day to day to pay bills so a really important notion is that we all as humans here have the right to be rich and unfortunately you know it it seems like this, this concept is often looked down upon now that, uh, it's the rich that are the evil ones. You know, we see it in the political, uh, uh, narratives these days that it's the rich's fault tax the rich more. Um, and in many ways, yes, we live in a current paradigm because of our lack of knowledge in, in, in terms of a lot of these concepts, there is once again, that predator class that, is inverting reality and actually pushing this narrative that it's kind of funny. They're the ones that are manipulating, controlling, but they're also pushing this narrative that it's evil to be rich while they themselves are the rich ones. So some really uh, fascinating concepts in here. Um, But um, there is nothing wrong in wanting to get rich. The desire for riches is really desire for a richer, fuller and more abundant life. And that desire is praiseworthy. The man who does not desire to live more abundantly is abnormal. And so the man who does not desire to have money enough to buy all he wants is abnormal. So really, really just fundamental things here. Um, and so a man's highest happiness is found in the bestowal bene- bestow benefits on those he loves. Love finds its most natural and spontaneous expression in giving. And this is so true. Um, as we get older, What's, you know, obviously Christmas is a great example of this. Um, when we're kids and we haven't developed our spiritual side and we're really just living in our body more, Christmas is exciting because we're getting fun toys and gifts. But as we get older and as we evolve, we find that the most rewarding thing about Christmas is giving. And, you know, it's that, it's the Christmas carol story, right? And, uh, and the ability to give when plethora of with the plethora of bountyless physical riches um, is something that uh, I think all of us would like. So um, so the thing we're going to really get in today, though, is that this is a science and uh, it's based in fundamental scientific notions. And this is something that I think Bear is really going to help us out with today. Um, but there are some misconceptions that I, we want to cover real quick that this is stuff that I always thought, too, about getting rich. And, um, you know, I really want to first and foremost just set, set those in stone that we all understand that it's okay to get rich. If we follow the right steps and the right path and we do it according to create uh, being creators on the planet, we'll see not only that it's all right to be rich, that it's imperative to be rich. Um, and it can really solve all the, all the planet's problems. Um so a couple misconceptions here I wanted to just nail down because this, these are things that, uh, you know, I always thought and there were things I would tell my kids and stuff. And it's really interesting. So getting rich is not the result of saving or thrift. Many very penurious people are poor while free spenders often get rich, nor is getting rich due to doing things which others fail to do. For two men in the same business often do almost exactly the same things, and one gets rich while the other remains poor or becomes bankrupt. And from all these things, we must come to the conclusion that getting rich is the result of doing things in a certain way. And that's what we're going to really cover today is living by this way. And this way is something that's harmonious. It's, it's extremely moral, uh, and it's really conducive to natural law. And the first concept that he covers that um, is something that we talk about all the time is this notion of what he calls the original substance or formless substance. It's what the ancients talk about. It's what all the mystic schools talk about. And he basically says, everything you see on earth is made from one original substance out of which all things proceed. Um, There is no limit to the supply of this formless stuff or original substance. Uh, Nature is an exhaustible storehouse of riches. The supply will never run short. Original substance is alive with creative energy and is constantly producing more forms. And this is extremely important. It's the first foundational concept of this book and something we talk about all the time, Bear. Um, Whether you call it source what do you call it ether, there's a lot of different traditions that call it different things. This is the, um, the substance that essentially formulates and manifests into physical form. I mean, what, what, do you, uh, what do you like to call it, Bear? Stuff? Okay, you threw out a lot of stuff there. And uh, <laughs> I haven't
1: read this book um, and I'm eager to hear more about it, you know, with everybody else. But uh, I'll add some commentary for what it's worth. First off, I'm encouraged to hear that being thrifty uh, isn't the way to do it because then that means there's still hope for me out there. (laughs) Um, So uh, if we look at getting rich, if we get into the pure scientific principles of how that happens – which uh, we can relate uh, everybody from Walter Russell to Napoleon Hill and the others that understood how that actually happens. If we think of money as the end goal, and if we lose sight of how we're actually making it happen in the pursuit of money, then we unknowingly or unwittingly bring ourselves right back into the polarity consciousness and into the illusion because if we are so hypnotized on money which is the end game of the controllers is to create these baubles that we then think are real and then we make our whole lives uh in the you know about getting uh you know little fictitious digits in a bank account um you know then we're going to be disempowered whether we get the money or not in fact you know how many of us know people that uh, well, most people make their lives entirely about getting money. And then uh, the people that are successful, so-called, uh, end up in their, uh, you know, rattling around their soulless McMansions and, you know, with closets full of junk that's going to be relegated to landfills very soon. And then they're still saying, what the F is life all about? And, um, you know, because they went for the end and didn't even consider how they actually were the ones that made that happen in the first place. Of course, if you're solely focused on yourself as the source and working with the universal source to make that happen, then you know that there's no such thing as scarcity. You'll never be in fear of scarcity ever again. And you'd understand that if you just make it about an end result, such as money, Well, then you're playing the polarity game again. You're going to end up with, okay, I got money. But then when you have money, then that creates the opposite polarity of limitation or lack of money. So let's take the people that are on the lack side playing the same game. And, uh, you know, of course, there's all sorts of gradations of wealth and not having. You can uh, have, um, you know, complete homelessness all the way to, just kind of keeping, uh, barely keeping the wheels on the wagon, which I think they call that a job out in the outer world there. And then you have the people that actually make the money, but you know, again, it's a pendulum on, on the two extremes and neither side is actually considering how you make that happen. And let's just say you're one of these successful people that makes money happen. Um, well now you've, you know created something on one side of the polarity swing, but we are not considering that money or what we think of as wealth in that way is only one dimension of our life, so if you create that kind of uh plus on this side of the ledger, well you're creating a minus on some other side, and it may not come out in your bank account, but it may come out in your relationships it may come out uh in your health so when you go to the understanding of the science of creating and our divine right to create, and in fact, any notion to the contrary that it's not our divine right is actually nothing but human arrogance. And, um, you know, uh, you live by the sword, you die by the sword, uh, you know, it's going to outplay somewhere in your life. And we see examples of that in people that are in success, successful in one area, but not so much in the other. Uh, what we're talking about, I think, Michael, correct me if I'm wrong, is about creating wellness and prosperity. And, of course, of course, prosperity is much different than just being rich financially.
0: Yeah. In fact, so one of the very first pages on the book, um, he covers this. And this is what we're getting into, what he calls the way And it's all about the process, right? And the process and the goal, which is complete prosperity. But there are three motives for which we live. We live for the body. We live for the mind. We live for the soul, as I said. And I throw in the spirit too. No one of these is better or holier than the other. All are alike desirable. And no one of the three, body, mind, or soul, can live fully if either of the others is cut short of full life and expression. It is not right or noble to live only for the soul and deny mind or body and is wrong to live for the intellect and deny body or soul. So when we go to the monks, let's say, and they're just, you know, focusing on the soul, they're not living into their full potential. We go to the capitalist billionaire who's focusing on his body and maybe his mind, but has no soul. That's not the way. That's not the way to true wealth and prosperity. So man cannot live fully in body without good food comfortable clothing and warm shelter and without freedom from excessive toil rest and recreation are also necessary to his physical life he cannot live fully in mind without books and time to study them without opportunity for travel and observation or without intellectual companionship so to live full you know to live fully in the soul man must have love and love is denied expression by poverty so essentially yeah the idea is in order, it's kind of like, um, you know, the egg before the chicken kind of concept, right? Um, but we need to have all of these things, as you're saying, to live in fulfillment. And I think what Wallace Waddles is saying is that there is this notion that because we live in this physical plane, that in order to have these this complete fulfillment, we need to not, you know, we need to have the vast capability to afford to do all this so that we can fulfill these and if you're living in abject poverty, that makes it very difficult to do so.
1: Absolutely. Yep. Uh, there's a book um, that I did read a long time ago is Thinking Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And what was interesting about that book is uh, if people don't aren't aware of who he was, he was uh, a protege of Andrew Carnegie and his right hand man and through his association with Carnegie, you know, the well, the renowned industrialist um, and, you know, one of the wealthiest people on the planet at that time. Uh, he learned the science of uh, wealth. So his book was to reveal the secrets to the the population. And when he took to, uh, Think and Grow Rich to the publisher, they ended up editing the crap out of it <laughs> because they said, well, we have to make it more marketable, and so what you ended up with in that book was things like how to create your mastermind group and how to you know just you know more the mundane uh, ways to focus in on your goals and write things down and and all that sort of thing, which is has value you know and yeah. i and I really think that uh, does work, but what Napoleon Hill really had in this um, unedited version was how he went into his personal space uh, the same as Andrew Carnegie did before any business meeting or any, um, any new endeavor. And then he really went into a deep meditative state and uh, as much as possible uh, connected with his source, his higher self, whatever you want to call it. And, and then that's where in that stillness, and this is the thing that Walter Russell talks about so much, uh, one of the most renowned scientists in the history of the planet is you have to go into that stillness and then that's where you receive true inspiration. That's where you get in touch with your true power and that's how you make things happen. But the publishers of Napoleon Hill's book at that time thought that that was a little too esoteric and uh, book sales wouldn't be what they would hope for. Uh, Since then, the unpublished uh, version did come out in its full form and uh, that's available. But uh, it sounds like uh, the book that you're referring to here, Michael, is uh, more like Napoleon Hill's first one.
0: Yeah, it gets deep. And it's funny, those publishers, if they had read this book, would know to have left that stuff in because they just denied their ability to get (laughs) get rich. (laughs) I know the irony is... (laughs) Great,
1: uh, because Isn't if it? they would have read it themselves and wrapped their minds around it, they, the last thing in the world they uh, would have done is edit it. And the same thing goes for in the world today. The last thing, the so-called controllers, the, the, you know, the, the families behind the Federal Reserve, the IMF, and you know, all the controlling institutions. So once that centuries ago created the concept of money in the first place, if they wanted to truly prosper, the last thing they would have done is done what they've done. Um, but you know, uh, even though they have amassed all of this control uh, through these institutions, creating creating laws uh, in uniform commercial code that makes us into corporate entities, and what they call transmitting utilities that then funnel the uh, you know their little bobbles uh, through us through our productivity and then back into their hands. Uh, in the long run, you know, maybe they've had a nice little reign of terror, but in the long run, they're just shortchanging themselves. Exactly. But, you know, they have to learn their lessons like the rest of us.
0: They're holding on by a thread right now. Um, but the meditation concept is spot on. I mean, uh, we, so right here in the book, we live in a thought world, which is part of the thought universe, the thought of a moving universe extended through throughout formless substance and the thinking stuff moving according to that thought took the form of systems of planets and maintains that form. So uh, essentially, man reshapes and modifies existing forms right now by manual labor. He has given no attention to the question whether he may not produce things from formless substance by communicating his thoughts to it. We propose to prove that he may do so, to prove that any man or woman may do so, and to show how. So once again, the meditation is crucial. It's the way that we first formulate the plan. And this isn't fantasy. This is a this, These are solid techniques. When we're, uh, I guess a good analogy we, would be when we're planning, we have the financial capability, let's say, to finally build our dream house. We're not gonna fantasize and put in chocolate. Well, some may put in like chocolate fountains or gold, you know, big rooms of gold, uh, and <laughs> you know, Scrooge Maduck uh, gold rooms were we swimming in or, you know, fa- fantastical things that don't exist. No, we come up with a structured plan and it could, and it could be a brilliant palace. It could be include, um, all sorts of amazing things, but it's an actual real structure. It's a real plan. It's something that, um, is really thought up in, in great detail so that it can be executed and can be built. And that's the same way with our life. And essentially, um, that's the number one thing we first must learn is that thought is the only power which can produce tangible riches from the formless substance. And so that's the first thing we need to start doing is having a practice where we convey these thoughts uh, so that we have our end goal. And, you know, I think that's something we all struggle with is that it's something I struggle with that. I can think that, Hey, I deserve this. I can be rich. I can have the wealth. I can have extreme success. Um, and you know, as it's funny in my twenties, my goal was always, I always said by the time I was 30, I'd be a millionaire. And, but I was living through fantasy. It wasn't through concise thought. It wasn't through understanding thought creates these forms. It was just kind of like throwing these notions against a wall and hoping one sticks and it wasn't actually following through. It wasn't living the way. It was complete confusion. Um, and yes, I was doing very creative things, producing TV shows and doing lots of amazing stuff, but it wasn't to a concise plan. So, you know, and I think a lot of people fall in this trap and we'll get more into this, but it's not fantasy. It's this is, this is a concise methodology and a science to it. Um, so the idea is that to think we must think what we think is truth not regardless of appearances or what the cultural norms are super important concept so it is up to us to think our truth and not what society says not falling into what society says is okay or what our friends or family say because quite frankly a lot today is focused on negativity so um, we must think for ourselves and believe in ourselves And actually to think, it says here, to think according to appearance is easy. To think truth, regardless of appearance, is laborious and requires the expenditure of more power than any other work man is called upon to perform. So if you think about it, it's really the great innovators, the great entrepreneurs in this world are the ones that buck the system. They're the ones that thought of things that people said were impossible. And they're the ones that made it happen because they believed in it. They did everything they could to form form it into reality. And then they prospered from it. And we see this like a a classic example and the live stream might be frozen. So if it is frozen we apologize, I don't know what's going on here. If someone could throw in the chat that we're still good, that would be great because right now it's frozen on my computer. Um, But either way, uh, a great analogy that I was thinking of on this. I mean, this is really the American way, right? This is the... The true, like, uh, you know, concept that um, that is like why people came to America was to live their dream. Uh, it's really kind of uh, fascinating to uh, see all these um, uh, great American stories. Uh, you know, uh, uh, rock stars are a great example. Uh, the rags to riches stories, right? Of someone who had amazing talent and skill, or, or maybe a bit of luck, but had this vision that they were going, they, you know, as a kid, we're going to be a rock star. And they had had this crazy hero journey, where they they have this vision, and they execute on it. And they believe in themselves, even though they get kicked down and knocked down. And they they actually manifest it, and they become massively famous, and extremely wealthy, and then they lose the way. And they get whether they get into competition and worrying about you know, the scarcity of their fans and losing it to other rock stars, which we see a thousandfold. or they, um, get into drugs and they lose their, their soul way or their spirit way. Um, they lose that in a way it's kind of like an innocence, right? It's just like the way that we naturally should be acting. They get caught up in appearances. They get caught up thinking of what society says, what their agent says, what their manager tells them to do. What their press, their PR person tells them to do, and they lose the way and they have the great fall. I mean, how many movies have been um, been made uh, on this exact story? So, um, really, really cool is that um, you know, thinking is truth, and to stick to your guns and follow your passion and follow um, your goals and not give in to what society says. Um, and so. One, you know, and, and, and staying positive, that's another big thing in this book we'll get into is staying away from the negativities. And I was kind of triggered on a couple of these things because he mentions that um, getting lost and away from your goals and like going and doing charity work is not, is not the point. You're not helping yourself because what you're doing is you're, you're going into the negative and you're delving into poverty and you're delving into these people's situations that are not on the way. On the way towards vast wealth, because if you stick to the way and you follow this, when you as you gain this wealth, then you have the power and the ability to then ha- truly help those people by giving by showing them the mass increase of life and how they can, themselves can follow this way and not be uh, ingrained in in their own poverty or their own negativity, their own down and out nature. Um, and we see this in society a lot right now. Of course, um, is this notion that uh, uh, you know, this negative notion that we're all, there's scarcity in the world and that we're all, um, we, you know, we must help each other and, um, and sacrifice, you know, uh, you see it in the EU right now and a lot of, uh, economic systems, sacrifice, sacrifice, because we have scarce resources and, um, you know, we're dealing with monetary issues, et cetera, which as we all know is created and fabricated by the system that Bear was mentioning. So, um, staying away from all that is key and just staying focused on yourself. Um, it sounds, you know, really on the, on the top level selfish, but you're doing a noble duty. You're doing a noble act and it will only help the world. Think about if, think of everybody was doing this and everybody had vast wealth and we're doing it in a way that was, and we'll get into it. It's helping your fellow man because you are the only way you can, ascertain this is by having complete total healthy soul spirit mind body and in doing so it's all based around love and giving so you are achieving this wealth and in doing so in the natural way you are helping everyone around you so the great entrepreneurs um are giving jobs to people and the great companies out there are not just giving people jobs but they are helping those people that are working for them grow to become their own entrepreneur or start their own business or move up in the company where they end up taking over the company or start another one. And knowing that, and this is the next big point, that it's not through competition, it's not through scarcity, that they, they, those people too can also have the infinite ability to create out of the ether as well. And they can create a company even in the same space and have just as much um, success as your company. Um, And this also can lend to having business partners and not being competitive within your own business partners um, where you feel like maybe somebody's not pulling their way. And so now you start having fear uh, that they aren't aren't, uh, as worthy, if you will, of the percentage of the company or equity, whatever. Doesn't matter as long as you're focused on your own creative way and lead by example and show and and provide them um, the notions of this increase of this natural ability to to earn, they will either, they will follow suit or you will just be able to empower them enough where it wasn't, doesn't matter. So it's really positive. It's like not focusing on the negative at all. Um, yeah. So um this one substance desires to live more in you, hence, it wants you to have all the things that you can use. You must want real life, not mere pleasure of sensual gratification. Life is the performance of function, and the individual really lives only when he performs every function, physical, mental, and spiritual, of which he is capable without excess in any. So, we're not talking about bling here. That's another mis- misconception, and what we see when we're talking about getting rich, you know, getting bling. Um, the true person living the way never talks about their wealth, never shows it off. Um, and that's not to say you can't have amazing things and enjoy life. If you are like in, if you're really into beautiful, fast cars, you can enjoy that because that is a, in a way, a fulfillment of somebody else's way of making this amazing work of art that is an automobile. Um, but what we see in like hip hop culture and getting rich is it's putting down others. And that's a big thing. It's not increasing life. It's taking away from life. It's demeaning life. It's about being a gangster and getting your bling and like getting your one-uppance on others. And that's the complete inversion. And that will only lead to the lack of wealth and will lead to a soulless life. Um so we must focus on our true purpose of life, which is to complete to consistently and always be working towards increasing, increasing our soul, um, life, increasing our mental awareness, uh, our ability to learn more. Um, I think of my friends who are very successful and I have friends that are very wealthy from a very young age and they have a, voracious is that a word? They have a voracious, excuse me, um, hunger for, for, edu- for educating themselves, for experiencing life, for going to things and doing things from traveling to going to the Alps to ski to, um, you know, uh, running the Boston Marathon, trying new things, go, doing crazy stuff, living a wild and crazy, amazing life. It's super exciting. Um, and by doing that, you affect all those around you. So this is, you know, and it's not to say you you're not going to have pleasures in life, of course, but it's not something where... Like again, where the hip hop culture where it's like this—just totally empty, soulless um, wealth generation, where you're getting your one up and on others. Um, on the flip side of that, this is a really interesting notion: that extreme alter altruism is no better and no more nobler than extreme selfishness. Both both are mistakes. Um, get rid of the idea that God wants you to sacrifice yourself or God or or the true source or whatever you want to call it, um, and that you can secure his favor by doing so. God requires nothing of the kind. What he wants is that you should make the most of yourself for yourself and for others, and you can help others more by making the most of yourself than in any other way. Um, This is really big. Remember, however, that the desire of substance is for all, and its movements must be for more life to all. It cannot be made to work for less life to any because it is equally in all, seeking riches and life for all. Intelligent substance will make things for you, but it will not take things away from someone else and give them to you. You must get rid of the thought of competition. You are to create, not to compete for what is already created. And this is huge because um, what are we taught about currently getting rich and about capitalism and about... Uh, the way of business. It's a competition, supply and demand. Um, you must outcompete your your fellow man. And it's um, really what what this is getting into and what I'm sure Bear, what um the book you were mentioning talks about is that it's actually the exact opposite. Uh, it's cooperation and creation. Um just how nature works. So um, that that's probably one of the biggest takeaways that I had was from this was that it's not about competition. I'm not saying that competition um, can't be healthy in certain aspects, like when we're talking about sports and, and stuff, but also if you think of the great sportsmen, what, they, what is sportsmanship? Sportsmanship is about helping your fellow man. It's about being creative in your sport, right? The greatest athletes were the ones that um, kind of redefined what the sport was and pushed the limits with their own creativity and learn new techniques. And, um, you know, you st- going back to Michael Jordan, he was an insane competitor, but he lifted all his teammates. He believed so much in his own abilities that he won six NBA championships and even tried to play professional baseball. Um, I know they're, they're crazy competitors too, but it wasn't, it wasn't competitiveness to the detriment of his teammates or to the detriment of his success as being the greatest. Um, it did drive him, but in the end it was him as a, as a, as the utmost creator in the sport. Um, Michael Jordan to me is my favorite basketball player of all time because he pushed the limits beyond what anyone thought was possible. And, um, I'm sure bear you being an athlete. I mean, what do, what do these concepts mean to you? Because I, I know you played, you could have probably played professional football. You were played D one you're really humble about it but you were you played in a big level of college football and so being in that competitive side of life what's your take on that idea yeah
1: first off um as an aging athlete uh anybody will tell you your uh, athletic career gets better the older you get um <laughs> so uh, <laughs> that works for you anyway we like to sit around and tell war stories and everything But that aside, yeah, I get you because I did play at a good uh, level and not just in football but uh, other types of competitions. Um, uh, One other comment I wanted to make, just in all fairness to rap or hip-hop music, uh, I have a a website that I go to from time to time that has conscious rappers and there's just phenomenal music and lyrics. And so not all hip-hop music is uh, negative or bad. And actually, there's some amazing... Uh, artists that are just extremely uplifting and you listen to the lyrics and it's like, whoa, this guy's really tapped in So uh, I actually like some of the hip-hop music, but you know, not the stuff that you hear just on the on the regular air- airwaves Okay, so, um, you know, you made a lot of comments here. Um You were going back to everything from athletes to uh, You know musical artists that made it big and famous and and all the moment their downfall began, you know, those that went in that direction, it's because what got them there, which was daring to be free in the first place and just do their own thing, uh, when they got a measure of success, then they started focusing on that success as their source, whether it was a bank account, uh, you know, all the, the trimmings and trappings of, the, you know, their entourage. And the, So you can't ever take your eye on the ball, no matter how successful you get In the outer, you can never forget how your focus and your ability to create those forces to mold those forces on the universal canvas got you there in the first place. So, when people really get into hanging on to their money, managing their money, um, you know, trying to stay famous, uh, you know, and then falling into formulas to make sure they. You know, at the expense of the creativity that got them there in the first place, uh, that's it, <clears throat> so yeah. again, it goes back to uh, not forgetting the source that got you there in the first place. Uh, another important point you you mention is we 're taught that being prosperous or wealthy requires us to be sympathetic to people that don 't have now sympathy is a sentiment. And don't confuse sympathy with empathy. Empathy, of course, is the ability to understand that we're all in our self-made simulation, so to speak, and we all know the challenges, no matter what our outer situation looks like, we all have our challenges. And we also were born into circumstances that were the exact perfect thing we needed for our soul evolution. And in that, you know, whether you're uh, born into a wealthy family or or the opposite, we still have the ability. And of course, there are many examples uh, throughout humanity of people that make good no matter what their beginnings. And they will tell you the same thing that, uh, you know, Mike's relating through this book here today. So um, when you go into sympathy, of course, if you understand the electrical forces that you are putting in motion when you feel sorry for somebody, or maybe you feel guilty because you have more than somebody else, you might as well throw an anchor around their neck rather than a lifesaver because you're not only piling on their own challenges on the psychic plane that makes their... um, their plight even more worst, because you're seeing them in a limited way, rather than seeing them for what they really are, which is a powerful spiritual being. Uh, if you are empathetic and really wanted to help anybody, again, you would be focused not just on your own success, but through that success, you would be creating uh, businesses or other means where other people would have an opportunity to do what you did, that old saying. Uh, you know, you can either give somebody a fish or teach them how to fish. And uh, that's why the welfare state never works. That's why the welfare state was created purposely in order to perpetuate poverty. And there are many leaders of, of all the various cultures in our country that will tell you the same thing. It's only the controllers that tell us that we need to feel guilty Or that uh, somehow we need to feel sorry for people the most demeaning Disrespectful thing you can do to any other human being is to feel sorry for them That doesn't mean that if you're in a position where you can lend a helping hand that you don't do it Yeah, by all means we want to do that But it doesn't happen by viewing them as less capable than ourselves so If you look at, you could say universal source, I like to just keep with generic terms because I'm really not, um, I don't adhere to any book religion. Uh, I like to just look at the science of spirituality. And when I say the science of spirituality, don't get that I'm trying to make spirituality mechanistic. It's actually the opposite. The people that tried to funnel spirituality through different book religions that you can only understand, um, you know, as they're interpreted through one of their high priests, and and therefore, you know, you have to once again use a conduit rather than tap into your own source. Uh, you know, then that again is a purposeful ploy to remove you one step further from your own capabilities. So, what we need to understand is that we were all created in the image and likeness. And that means, uh, you know, the universal creator uh, provided a canvas for us. Now, I like to go into the mechanics of it because uh, that's all been laid out for us. And there's a reason why this real science isn't taught to people like myself in medical school or 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 in you know MIT in their physics programs and or, or to engineers because that would end the reign of the controllers so real science tells us exactly how it works and because uh, a lot of people like myself have dabbled in it for years and proved it uh technologically proved uh how it works uh by employing these uh understandings in medicine and, and everything you can think of, uh, I have no doubt um, that this is the way it works and why what we're talking about in this uh, book more oriented towards wealth is actually a science and not just some kind of concept. But as we are allowed to have um, the ability to create on this universal canvas and the mechanics that have already been laid out for us, if we understood that, then we would know that we are um, have the ability to put electrical forces in motion, and those electrical forces, I'll just throw a few words out here that would be meaningless to people unless you've studied this, but just kind of gather that there's actually something to this. Uh, we're given uh, basically nine geometric planes that uh, operate as mirrors and and then different ways to mold through our own uh, use of our consciousness to create electrical forces to bounce off these mirrors and through a series of convex and concave lenses we can create any nuance to infinity to um, create all the diversity that we see around us and so when you understand a little bit more in detail how that works then you're actually going to be able to um, operate your life with more predictability, precision, and without the, the feeling of uh, lack or that you in any way um, do not have the ability to create your own reality. So uh, if you do have the, the temperament to get more into some of these understandings, then you're going to really heal that conflict of how our mind, which has been programmed with the inverted information, the inverted truth. uh, And then we hear something like what Mike's talking about uh, that might really ring true um, intuitively. Like, yeah, that just seems right. We we shouldn't be limited. And and that just seems kind of logical on another level. But when your mind has got all these inverted truths, then that's when that cognitive dissonance uh, sets in. That's when you get confused. That's when uh, your mind and your heart are now divided. They are not operating as a single brain the way it's supposed to operate, and you're in conflict with yourself. So when you, uh, you know, read some of these books and then you put some of these things to practice, it seems slow going, but it shouldn't be slow going at all. Because when you understand the mechanics of the universe, if you put an idea in a motion, which is an actual physical electrical event, at that moment, no matter what your idea is, whether it's building a house, uh, filling up your bank account, creating health in your body, it's already done it's done. It's a done deal. The only thing that's going to prevent it or slow it down from popping into the manifestation in this level of simulation are all the doubts and the inverted information that's been fed to us and engrammed into our consciousness. But if you realize, if you really understand those forces, that only you have the ability to put in motion any idea you have, and then you back it up with a, a desire and the intent to do it, it is already a done deal at that exact moment. Walter Russell, uh, the great um, um, uh, minds of all time have all told us the same thing. The only thing Walter Russell did is he detailed that out in, in a way that any uh, modern-day uh, physicist could understand it, actually in a way that anybody could understand it. So, Mike, take it from there.
0: Yeah, well, I was going to say, you're right in line with everything this book's saying, what we know, and to go to the next level. So, and there's a lot of really amazing voices out there right now that talk about how we understand that, and we see it in our DNA, and and we're starting to see how this actual physically works, where when we put thought out. Um, it connects to some other source outside of us. And then if we we need to truly believe in it to manifest it, right, We have to have faith and believe in it, in our powers. But then what they talk about in this book, which is the other side of it, we're kind of jumping forward a little more. That's fine. Is that we have to know how to receive it. So it's, it's one thing. And we're talking about, you know, receiving the, the manifestation, um, and what's beautiful about this is that we're putting, so with the notion of putting out, you know, that you wanna, let's say, create this amazing business that's gonna need a million dollars in funding. And you've got the vision, you've got the belief, you got the faith, right? And you've, you've, you've created the whole concept. How, it's a pull concept versus a push concept. Other people will be, then, will be energized in their own way, to be pulling that for you and who have already either there who have the capital or have the means. And before you know it, someone's knocking on your door. I heard about your business. I heard you need an angel investor. I've got, I'm a billionaire and I have a million dollars waiting for you as an example. You have to be able to know how to receive that. And in doing so, it's all about action. It's all about um, the action to receive it. We can't just sit in a in a vacuum thinking all day and expect for us to receive these manifestations. Of course, we live in a real world and where we deal with other men and women and other people. Um, and in doing so we have to fulfill the practice in the, the way by actually doing the right actions. Um, as he says here, there are very many people who consciously or unconsciously set the creative forces in action by the strength and persistence of their desires but who remain poor because they do not provide for the reception of the thing they want when it comes. By thought, the thing you want is brought to you. By action, you receive it. Um, So we have to be out there, obviously, uh, in the world, acting upon these these notions. Um, And the other big thing they talk about, backing up a little bit, is um, we always... And this is kind of uh, has to do with just the universal laws and the ways of, the, of being successful with your soul and spirit is give every man more in use value than you take from him in cash value. Then you are adding to the life of the world by every business transaction. And this is the means in which your wealth and your riches spur on the, the increasingness of life and it's an extremely important notion. It's what's going to help you become more and more successful. And I think to some of my friends that I know are extremely successful, and this is so true, they're always giving more than they're, they're giving more in life value than in the cash they're accepting, or than in the monetary reward they're accepting. And that's true with any successful business, right? If you're ripping people off, and you're pulling little scams and stuff, in the end, you're not going to be successful. Um, this is really like common. A lot of this is common sense stuff. And then the other the other really important thing is gratitude. Uh, extremely, extremely important. Um, you know, uh, essentially, the law of gratitude is the natural principle that action and reaction are always equal and in opposite directions. And so... Um, Basically, the idea is that whenever you are, are now formulating, manifesting, and seeing these riches, being grat- gracious of them and thinking, thinking this reality or whoever, yourself or whatever, being gracious about it is so, so important. It, it basically closes the loop, if you will. Um, So, uh, many people fail to impress thinking substance because they have themselves only a vague and misty concept of the things they want to do, to have, or to become. It is not enough that you should have a general desire for wealth to do good with. Everybody has a desire. It's actually going out and doing it. So, this is kind of summarizing stuff. Going out and doing it, envisioning it, making it happen, having the faith that it's going to happen, acting upon it, receiving it, and being gracious about it. Um, So... A basic summary here is this. There is a thinking stuff from which all things are made and which in its original state permeates, penetrates, and fills the inner spaces of the universe. A thought in the substance then produces the thing that is imagined by the thought. Man can form things in this thought, and by impressing his thought upon formless substance can cause the thing he thinks about to be created, as Baer just expressed and explained scientifically with the electrical systems that are present throughout the universe. Um, in order to do this, man must pass from the competitive to the creative mind. He must form a clear mental picture of the thing he wants to do and with faith and purpose all that can be done each day doing each separate thing in an efficient manner. and this is kind of the, one of the last big things is doing everything in the most efficient way possible and I will be honest this is probably one of the things that I fail out the most because I have so many likes and interests in my in the past that I am not always most efficient with my time and this is really great practical advice and basically saying that in every action that you do in your day, you must advance towards this complete fulfillment. So every little action that, that essentially efficiently gets us forward is a success. Every little action that doesn't is a failure and that's okay. But we must fill our present places with these little efficient tasks. Otherwise, we are not helping ourselves or helping society. So what, they, what he calls it is the world what he says is the world is advanced only by those who more than fill their present places. Super important. And so that means is that you are every day striving. You are, you are being a conscious creator. You are, you are doing better as much as you can. So, you know, some of the vices, sloth and laziness and stuff, don't play into this. Um, If no man quite filled his present place, you can see that there must be a going backwards in everything, which is not natural law, which is moving forward. Those who do not quite fill their present places are dead weight upon society, government, commerce, industry. They must be carried along by others at a great expense. The welfare state. The progress of the world is is... Stunted only by those who do not fill the places they are holding. They belong to a former age and a lower stage or plane of life, and their tendency is toward degeneration. No society could advance if every man was smaller than his place. Social evolution is guided by the law of physical and mental evolution. In the animal world, evolution is caused by excess of life. So, once again, moving forward. Always moving forward in every little act you do. Uh, really, really cool stuff, so once again, the summary is is understanding that there 's this ever present formless stuff out there that we can shape and control by our thoughts, and that we can manifest if by having a concise thought form and believing in it, then acting upon it, of course being. Thankful and gracious for it, and being as efficient as we can every day in formulating it. I mean, that's kind of, I, you know, the basic basics behind it. Um, and then, of course, getting into the right business. There's some more fundamental things um, that are pragmatic. You know, obviously, if you are um, born into this realm, you know, in a certain handicap, for instance, it's going to be harder for you to excel at certain things that that handicap is going to, you know, stunt you from doing um, as a really generic idea. Um, you will get rich most easily in point of effort if you do that for which you are best fitted, but you will get rich most satisfactorily if you do that which you want to do the most. So super crucial. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that's a big issue with our society. Nowadays, it's like pick one thing you know, that makes the most sense. Go to law school, go to medical school. And because that's the best thing that you should do and that's where you're going to make the most money. But is that really what you want to do? Um, is that really what you were brought here to do? So understanding that is super, super crucial. So picking the right job, um, is, is really important. And if you're stuck in a place right now, you're never stuck. That's, and that's the most, that's like a really powerful message about this is you're never stuck because instantly you know that there's, there's infinite potential because we're conscious creators, and you can start working within your current job to move forward towards your, your real way and to the real path. Um, you can do what you want to do, and it is your right and privilege to follow the business or avocation which will be most congenial and pleasant. If you feel that you are not in the right vocation, do not act too hastily in trying to get into another one. The best way generally to change business or environment is by growth. Naturally grow into it. Do not be afraid to make a sudden radical change if the opportunity is presented and you feel after careful consideration that it is the right opportunity, but never take sudden or radical action when you are in doubt as to the wisdom of doing so. So when you are in doubt, wait. Fall back on the contemplation of your vision and increase your faith and purpose and by all means, in times of doubt and indec- in indecision, cultivate gratitude. So falling back to that, that stillness, that, that presence, um, and being calm, and knowing that there is no ever reason to freak out or have stress. Um, go as fast as you can, but never hurry. Remember that in the moment you begin to hurry, you cease to be a creator and become a competitor. You drop back upon that old plane again, as you were saying Bear, you know that you 're kind of going back into the polarity, if you will, um, yeah yeah and um, I'd like to just emphasize a couple of things you 're yeah, talking about do. Um
1: when you get into the electrical forces uh, of nature and our ability to manipulate those forces it 's a two way giving universe that means there's only Nature does one of two things. It gives or it regives. So if you're starting a business or anything that might have uh, money involved, it doesn't matter. Your purpose from the start, and you know, we do this, Michael. We have a business uh, in our business. We have a commercial arm, we have an agricultural foundation, we, we do uh, community work, we do a lot of things. But we do these things uh, for the love of doing them and the purpose from the start is about okay what can we give uh myself at my phase of life um you know you you start getting more concerned about well am i leaving the world in a better place than when i came in and and that starts to make more sense to you rather than just having your own personal success but i think Uh, people of all generations now even younger people are starting to get the hang of that because that's the way nature works so if you're starting a business say well yeah we want to prosper but it's not if your focus is about getting you're going to be very limited in your results if on the other hand your purpose is what can we contribute then you're going to prosper beyond your wildest imagination and also take a lesson from nature that Uh, Maybe what we were taught about uh, as far as having a bank account or or any kind of resources in surplus of what's even necessary just to make ourselves feel safe and secure in advance. Well, that's not the natural order. And I know in my life, uh, you know, maybe I'm not a billionaire, but uh, just kind of like magic uh, right in the nick of time whenever I need something. Or when something uh, when I 'm really supposed to accomplish something, the resources, the people, the support it's always there, always yep. there, and you know after a while, you get the hang of it uh, there 's nothing wrong with having a few extra zeros in your bank account that 's okay, but don 't let that stop you from achieving what you want to achieve in the first place. so in order to get, you have to lose the consciousness of getting and just think about giving. And when you do receive in return, then you think about giving even more. And I think the best way to get over that consciousness of getting is, uh, is agriculture. Because when you uh, have a, a love of the land and just an appreciation of the natural forces that are cooperating with you, when you're growing things, when you're cultivating the land, when you're, when you're using the abundance all around you, it gives back to you a thousandfold. It blows my mind every day when I go out you know and, and look at our crops and, and all the things we grow and just think back a few short months ago where a few simple seeds just gave back that much abundance so that is supposed to be the way it works in our financial life, in our relationships, in our businesses, so uh, the consciousness of get has to be really inverted back to the truth which it's a two-way giving universe give 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 that's the way that you're going to accomplish and receive everything that you desire um the other thing uh you already touched on mike but we'll just throw some different words on it you really want to understand the difference between occupation and vocation occupation is what uh we predominantly are entrained with like what am i going to do to make uh money and it drives me crazy whenever i'm in a social situation and somebody says well what do you do in other words they are saying yeah. how do you make money uh, vocation is really trying to find your right purpose so rather than again leading with getting money what am i here on the planet to do and i think uh in ages past uh, for instance when i was in college uh it was a little bit more of, um, of an inclination to be involved with a purpose, uh, a, a contributing sort of, uh, you know, endeavor rather than just making money. And that's really been twisted into just pure money motivation now. You know, greed is good. We've really been sold the whole thing. So you really need to find your right path of purpose, your vocation. And people come to our land all the time. I mean, you see what we're doing up here, Mike. We wear many hats and we have a lot of people say, geez, how do you guys keep all this stuff going? And how do you find the energy to do all this, especially at your age? Well, it's, it's a labor of love. It's not even a labor. You never run out of energy if you're doing what you love and if what you love is in alignment with what you're supposed to do in the first place. That's vocation. Forget about occupation. You've got to find out your true purpose. Yep. Uh, the last thing I'll say is, in a lot of uh, these, uh, you know, more spiritual-oriented ways of it itch- or manifesting uh, the life that you want, we hear a lot about everything from prayer to affirmation, and those things are all fine. Now, this is going to rankle a few people, but here's the way it's supposed to work, I believe, and have seen good evidence of this. Affirmations are nice in that you're focusing on your ideas that you want to manifest and putting yourself in that positive state. But that's a real different thing than decreeing. Now, decreeing, well, let's put it this way. What is a sovereign? You know, we think of a sovereign as a king or a queen royalty and a sovereign decrees. They don't supplicate themselves. Now, people say, whoa, that's pretty arrogant. You know, you're putting yourself before God or some such thing. No, 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 not at all. In fact, it's absolute, again, human arrogance to think that somehow we can limit uh, the universe or limit God, whatever you want to call it. Um we are so we are giving free reign to create beauty in our little coordinate in the universe. And so if you want to make something happen, you have to have a little bit of an attitude. You decree it, just like any sovereign, you decree it and you have that full expectation. You know that is your right. You do not have to supplicate yourself to any other, especially external authority, outside force or some concept that that says you don't have a right to do that affirmations prayers. It's a, it's a wonderful experience too, but it is a supplication when it comes to your actual manifestation, you have to decree, you have to say, I am the source at this coordinate. I have full creative capability. It is what I'm supposed to do and you want something you decree it. And it doesn't forever just require faith or belief, because when you act boldly, there will come a time where you have had enough repetition of things manifesting based on the forces that you put in motion that sooner or later uh, that... faith and belief will come pure become pure knowing and if you put certain forces in motion with an expectation and things don't happen then rather than look at it as a failure then you understand that well okay maybe i'm a little off the mark that's not supposed to happen so let's go back into the stillness and uh, reset my focus into what's really supposed to happen and then bingo you're going to find ah okay i get why that didn't happen and you know why, uh, you know, there seemed to be a little bit of a delay. And now that I've reoriented myself, I'm right back on target again. So you don't get discouraged that way. You don't, uh, end up going out in your garden and digging up the seeds every day to see if they're still growing. So, um, yeah, a lot of great things. It sounds like in that book there.
0: Oh, amazing. He talks about that, the difference between like decreeing and, um, just, Uh, Quite you know, praying and asking. So he says, you're not, you're not asking, you're, you're saying what you're going to do. So you don't ask for things. So like, if you're praying to God or whatever, that's not the point. He mentions that you basically state what you're doing and that's what God has given us or the way the universe works. It's, that's how it works. Um, another thing that's interesting too, is it's all about, you know, having that healthy mental plane. Um, so Living in the present is a big thing, of course, and focusing on your present. Um, like we were saying, your each action, right? If you really want to get into the minutiae of every little thing you're doing, but there's no need. And this is something I found really freeing, to be honest, because I get really trapped in this, this mindset as like looking to the future and getting and prepping for the worst case disasters. You know, I'm not like a total prepper, but I definitely... I want to, as a, you know, as a, um, conscious and, um, rightful father and husband, I want to make sure that I'm, you know, preparing for the worst so that I can protect my family, et cetera. But what that doing is that's putting you into a, a future mindset and getting you away from the way, if you will, or from your focus. And that's putting you off into a negative mindset because now you're essentially manifesting the worst possible out outcomes Instead of focusing on today and focusing on being extremely successful in life, which is all of those things you were just mentioning, and then we've talked about today, and this isn't your just numbers in your bank account, of course, this is like real wealth. This is real, real happiness, real success. Then if you'll, be able, you'll be more capable of then dealing with those situations if they arise, Because you'll have the capacity and the knowledge and the wherewithal and the financial ability to deal with those issues. So, um, it's really kind of a super empowering notion to, you know, and it's something my dad always stressed. Live in the present, live in the present. And um, super simple stuff, but when you start to really look into it and understand it, it's actually quite challenging. Um, And it's just, um, it's a practice. Um, And this also 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 has to do with like not getting too ingrained with the other notions of like blame and blaming other stuff. Like I grew up in a, you know, like I was raised in a really poor family or I was born into a small village where everyone was starving. Like once you understand these concepts, it doesn't matter who you are, where you are, where you come from. Um, what if you're living under the grips of communism or living under the grips of of vapid uh, materialistic capitalism um it none of that matters and it's really actually quite freeing where like revolution i was thinking is like really man seeking the ability to be completely free to to generate their own wealth right and even if you're um he says here it is true that existing governments keep the masses in poverty but this is because the masses do not think and act in a certain way. If the masses begin to move forward as suggested in this book, neither governments nor industrial systems can check them. All systems must be modified to accommodate the forward movement. If the people have the advancing mind, have the faith that they can become rich and move forward with the fixed purpose to become to do that, nothing can possibly keep them in poverty. Um, so once again, super empowering, um, we see this constantly in today's narratives and political debates and et about all this stuff. And it's really just keeping everyone down both on both polarities. We need to get past the polarities. We need to get past the left, the right, and we need to understand truth. And once we can do that, um, we can be literally have heaven on earth here. Um, so, um, so remember, just a couple of final thoughts here, um, that your thought must be held upon the creative plane. You are never for an instant to be betrayed into regarding the supply as limited or into acting on the moral level of competition. Whenever you do fall into old ways of thought, correct yourself instantly for when you're in the competitive mind, you have lost the cooperation of the mind of the whole. Do not spend any time in planning as to how you will meet possible emergencies in the future, except as the necessary policies may affect your actions today. You are concerned with doing today's work in a perfectly successful manner and not with emergencies which may arise tomorrow. You can attend to them as they come. So that's really quite freeing in a way. Um, You know, and so I'm looking at my YouTube feed on all these fear porn videos that I get stuck into and stuff. It's like not watching them, not watching them, not watching them. I mean, it's good to be aware and know what's going on, of course. And that's part of your mind health. Um, but living in fear and constantly like prepping and stuff is not the way. Um, so, um, yeah, that's kind of, I mean, I recommend this book to everybody. Wallace D waddles, the science of getting rich. I mean, it is from like 1898 or something. So, there are some kind of older old school terms in here in terminology. And I know it's, I'd be interested to see where he think if he was to be around today, what he think of the world where it's gone? Um, but definitely, I think the more, the more people that, and I'm actually sending this book to like my brother-in-law, uh, an old business partner, other people, because, um, I think it's, it's pretty powerful stuff. So, um, hopefully we're able to, give everybody a good kind of synopsis of the concepts here and um, even go much deeper with bears knowledge and art and our other, you know, people that we, that we love like uh, Walter Russell and uh, some of the great mystic traditions and such um, any final words bear for today's show.
1: Um, No, great talk, great talk, because it has everything to do with uh, everything going on in the world, uh, in our personal lives, our our health, and and everything included, and in the weeks ahead, uh, we're going to have some great guests, and each one of those guests is going to emphasize with their own personal experience and stories how this electrical universe really works. For instance, I think in a week or so, you correct me if I'm wrong, Mike, uh, we have someone who's going to be talking about how to protect. Uh, he's more of an expert in uh, protection uh, for your physical health and mental yeah, health Justin from uh, toxic yeah. electromagnetic frequencies from Wi-Fi's, all that sort of thing. So he's going to talk about that. But what does that even mean? It means well, there are distorted electrical waveforms that are affecting our bodies. That are overriding the universal waveforms that we find in nature. So that will reinforce, uh, reinforce not in a negative way, but just in a pragmatic way. And you, you know, you can be in the moment and pragmatic at the same time. Uh, just like uh, you, you know, we're farmers. So like uh, farmers of all time, it's it's not. Uh, negative to say, well, I better have a little extra hay in the barn or something in case the weather changes. And, you know, you, you just prepare so that you can, uh, you know, ride out any situation and do what you need to do. So I don't call it prepping. I just call it taking care of business. Totally. And, but you don't live in the negative. So uh, the EMF prote- uh, protection uh, with the real expert in that field, that's going to be a great one. Uh, Very soon after that, we're going to have a very renowned individual who is one of my early teachers in sound therapy, and it's going to be about using sound to heal our bodies and to employ technologically for a lot of interesting things that she'll talk about, and uh, I've used these techniques uh, for years in my own practice in life, Uh, but again, what's sound? They are electrical waves. It's another dimension of that same creative wave that emanates from our mind in the first place. Uh, uh, shortly after that, we're going to have people uh, that are well-known in uh, the field of science that are uh, well-versed in Walter Russell waveform mechanics and people that have made great contributions technologically. And they're going to uh, you know, go in a little bit deeper into how these forces actually work and how we can more uh, predictably use these forces for everything that we're talking about today, which is uh, manifesting the reality that we want, and a lot more coming in the future, but I'll stop there. The main point is that it all gets back to the one source of Uh, The only thing that can possibly manifest anything in this universe, which is electricity and that electricity comes from our own minds and with our ability to pop those electrical waves to manifest uh, through our desire, through our intent and our ability to work with the universal patterns rather than going contrary
0: for selfish reasons, uh, we will get we will be living in heaven on earth. Bingo. Um, and one last little notion here is the idea of the advancing man or woman or human. Um, and basically the idea is once again, natural law that we're always that we should always be advancing and evolving. And it's kind of funny uh what he says here, and this will relate to you, Bear. The advancing man in medicine who holds to a clear mental image of himself as successful and who obeys the laws of faith, purpose, and gratitude, will cure every curable case he undertakes, no matter what remedies he may use. So That's amazing. Some sound words there that we believe in and understand and know. So we'll leave it at that. Thanks, everybody, for joining us today on AlphaCast. I hope you got something out of this talk uh, and you can start... Uh using some of these uh these techniques and these notions in your life. That's what we're all about. And if you like this show, please subscribe to us. Uh you can actually follow the show live on dlive.tv forward slash alpha Vedic. We do this live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. You can join in on the chat. And uh, if uh you're more into YouTube, we do a premiere every Thursday at 5 p.m. on YouTube. And so you can subscribe to us there, hit the like button and uh, hit the little bell to be notified when we have new videos up on there. Uh, We also are on iTunes. You can subscribe there as well as Podbean. Uh, We are... Also, we have a growing community on Telegram, t.me forward slash Vedic. Please join us on Telegram. It's a great little app you can throw on your phone. And you can join in on daily talks that we have on about all sorts of different topics and concepts. It's a really fun crowd in there. And that's where I spend most of my time um, as far as our community goes. We're also on Discord, Facebook, Instagram. So follow us. You can go to alphavedic.com and see all the links there and join our mailing list, too, to get notified on future shows. Thanks for joining me today, Bear. It's always a pleasure. And, uh, Mike, I
1: almost forgot.
0: Happy birthday. That? Oh, thanks. And happy I said birthday. I
1: almost forgot. Happy birthday.
0: Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, in a couple days. And happy birthday to you. Right on. Okay, man. Well, have a good one, and you guys uh, enjoy your day.